Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen as we share the latest on COVID-19 with our experts. My name is Gina Galanou-Luchin. I'm the Director of Member Relations for our section of Community Pharmacy Practitioners and section of Pharmacy Educators, and I will be your host for today's special edition podcast on COVID-19. Today, we will be chatting with Dr. Sarah Uroza, Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Lipscomb University, about her experience with encouraging vaccine confidence within her community and ambulatory care-based practice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Welcome. Thank you, Gina. So let's dive in. To begin with, let's talk a little bit about your current practice site. Let's talk about your professional experience and how your responsibilities um, have been shaped around COVID-19. Sure. Um, So a little background on me. I graduated from pharmacy school back in 2007. I went to the University of Arkansas for medical sciences. And there I was very involved as a student giving flu shots and all of the health fairs. And so that really kind of gave me, started my passion. I would guess you'd say, for providing these kind of services into the community. Um, I always knew that I kind of wanted to go more the community and ambulatory care route. So I did a community pharmacy residency after um, pharmacy school with the University of Tennessee. And I worked there at an independent pharmacy, but had that conjunction with the university also. And so started doing some teaching in that aspect, more of the rotation students. But then that led me into a job where I'm now teaching at Lipscomb University. I teach mostly in the um, MTM classes, the -the over-the-counter medication classes, and women's health is kind of my area of expertise now. But I also have a practice site where I take my rotation students. Um, And our practice site is a family practice clinic for primarily uninsured patients. And we really help provide them access to medications and other resources. So obviously COVID was a big thing, especially in this population who may be underserved in a lot of ways and trying to get them access to those vaccines and education about them. Absolutely. So prevention and immunizations has probably been part of your training and your practice as well. But can you talk a little bit more specifically about your involvement with COVID vaccines and and what kind of started you on this journey? Sure. I mean, obviously, I think everybody, when COVID came out, we were all trying to figure out the answers and what that was going to look like. So once we knew that there was a vaccine on the horizon, I think me, like a lot of other healthcare providers were like, we want to get out there. We want to vaccinate everybody. It was a great opportunity for the profession to show what pharmacists can do in the immunization world and education space. So, and I've always, like I said earlier, I've always been interested in providing these vaccines to patients and helping with that prevention piece that is out there in more of a community ambulatory care type of setting. So the thing that also got me really excited was as an educator, hopefully this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for our students to be able to provide vaccines during a pandemic. I mean, every year they get to provide flu shots or pneumococcal shots, but this was really a new unique time where we got to learn about a brand new vaccine, new vaccine technology and how it works, and then get them out there on the front lines actually giving the vaccines to patients. So that was really exciting. Um, I am the chapter advisor for one of our uh, school's organizations, and we do a lot of the health screenings and flu shots and all of that. So obviously when COVID came around, we jumped at every opportunity that was out there 
lots of businesses contacted us to see if we could have students volunteer at their events or go out with them to nursing homes and help provide vaccines. So that was a really a big push and a way to get involved with lots of different organizations to help provide these vaccines. I love the educator piece. And obviously community pharmacists pay such a huge role in prevention and immunization. So what a perfect segue from hopefully, as you said, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, but what a great opportunity for both learning and also to show our value in the community. So you mentioned you um, you work both in the independent pharmacy setting and also within a primary patient population within your clinic. Can you tell us a little bit more about what type of population and patient audience do you have in your clinics? And then what are some challenges that you may have seen with patients committing to getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah, so the patient population that I work with at my clinic the most would be working uninsured patients. So typically our age range is from like 18 to 65, because on either end of that, they're getting some government assistance typically. But a lot of those patients that are working labor jobs, or they have their own small business where they don't have insurance associated with that business. Uh, lots of different, we have, uh, being in Nashville, we have a lot of musicians that don't have insurance. So there's a lot of different patients kind of in that middle age bracket. So 18 to 65 that have multiple health conditions. So diabetes, hypertension, mental health concerns, lots of those types of things, and they don't have insurance. So their access to healthcare opportunities is definitely decreased or more challenging for them. With that, we have seen a lot of different reasons that patients have not been wanting to get vaccinated. And this isn't just in my clinic, but a lot of different outside sites that I have been to as well. Strangely, the fear of needles is still a reason, not just for any flu shots or pneumococcal or anything else, but COVID shots also. Patients still have a fear of needles. So that is something that, you know, a lot of times we're worried about just the COVID piece of it. But going back to this is a shot and people don't like shots. I was doing an event this weekend and I, there was a girl that was crying because she was so scared of needles. And then as soon as she got it, she was like, oh, that was it. <laughs> and I think she felt a little silly for crying, but she was so scared that it took a while to get the needle in her arm. But once we did, she was fine. Any other more COVID related fears that you may have seen? Oh, for sure. We also, uh, a lot of fears around the side effects related to it. I mean, I think most people are okay with that their arm, arm might be sore or they might feel a little crummy the next day. But the information related to blood clots um, has been a big concern and patients have lots of questions about those. And then early on, I don't hear this quite as much anymore, but I have a feeling once we start talking about children more in the delivering of vaccines, infertility is one that I've heard a lot of questions about. There was a lot of concern early on about if women get this, is it going to make them infertile? And so I think as the age range of these vaccines starts to decrease, we might have that question even more. Especially with the news and the media, I bet that informs a lot of the fears that come out of the patients you see. Oh, for sure. Um, And then you also have those patients that there's just a lack of importance. You know, if they get it, great. If they don't, it's fine. They're not really going to go out of their way to get a vaccine. So it's not that they are anti-vaccines. They're just against going out of their way to do anything extra. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we've all been like that. I don't know how long I've needed to go to the grocery store to get some milk. And I'm just like, well, I'm just not going to eat cereal this week because I don't have any milk. (laughs) That's a good analogy. I love that. (laughs) So, and then of course, all the conspiracy theories that are out there, 
you know, I've heard the government is microchipping everybody. You know, you hear patients say, you know, God will protect me if I get COVID or it was meant to be if I was going to get it. So I think there's that that is out there also. And a lot of times when we think about the concerns, we focus just on those, but there are some valid concerns when it comes to the side effects or just even patient schedules. Mm-hmm. The times that they can go get their vaccine is the middle of the night because they work weird hours, then that may not work for anywhere in their area that provides these vaccines. Those are great points. And I'm glad you brought up, you know, there are some unfounded fears and some conspiracy theories and a little bit of misinformation floating around. But there's also some very valid concerns that patients may have or very uh, real fears, like you mentioned, the phobia of needles. So as you've seen all the different groups, and obviously with with different patients, the approach varies. But what have you found overall to be successful in reaching patients to a, discuss the vaccine if they're completely against even the idea of receiving it or techniques to help, help alleviate some of their concerns and some of their fears. Um, any, any promotional or educational strategies you found to be helpful? Um, I think for kind of the adverse effect fears, those about infertility and blood clots, having information that is sound information from a reputable source is going to be important and making sure that anybody that is working in that vaccine clinic or pharmacy or wherever the patient's getting the vaccine, that they know the answers to those simple questions related to those adverse effects. So just having the education available, one of the events that I went to um, had a little handout that had information about infertility and all the different vaccines. And so it was a nice takeaway that someone Obviously, the people that were there were already getting their vaccine, but maybe they had a sister that was scared because she's of childbearing age or she's pregnant. And what does that look like? And so they were able to take that pamphlet home and educate them. One of the things that we have done at my clinic is we've sent out mass texts. You know, most of the electronic medical records can send out a mass text message just to say, hey, we have the vaccine. Here's how you come get it. Call us if you have any questions. So a little bit more passive way of doing it, but that has been somewhat successful. I think on top of that, what has been more successful is when we personally call the patients. So we have been calling patients that have appointments the next day and saying, hey, just a reminder, you have an appointment tomorrow. And by the way, we have the vaccine and are you interested in getting it? And that's done a couple of things. It's allowed us to answer questions before they're already at the clinic if they have questions about it. It also has helped us find out who has already gotten it and put that in their chart so that we don't ask them again. So that's been one of the different ways that has worked. And we've gotten a lot of answered uh, questions about the vaccine and the concerns patients have and blood clots and all of those things. One of the other interesting things that I'm doing, I'm working with Vanderbilt uh, University Medical Center and their school of nursing on the weekends to provide vaccines through a mobile clinic. And we're going out to communities and like churches, schools, um, government housing units, and we're providing door-to-door vaccines. So usually we kind of set up in the center, like at the school, we set up in the school gym, but then the nurses actually went out to the different houses and knock door to door and ask patients if they wanted a vaccine. And this really helps those patients that aren't going to go out of their way to get a vaccine. It's really hard to say no if you weren't, if you just come to your door with a vaccine in hand and said, hey, can I give you a vaccine or would you like one? And some people have been very grateful because maybe they're homebound or they have four kids at home and they can't figure out a time that they can go get a vaccine 
and have childcare. So there've been a lot of um, good ones. We've also had, you know, doors slammed in faces and things like that too, <laughs> but it has helped get those out in some of those communities that are a little bit more hesitant. I like that proactive communication, both with, it sounds like you're tackling all ways, right? So you have the more passive approach of the text and then the active phone call for those that are already coming in and um, a, a lot of the door-to-door door approaches. So it's a great way to just catch anybody and everybody in their preferred medium, I guess. And I know for me as a pharmacist, it's been a lot of fun to go out into those communities. I've been to parts of town that I've never been to and gotten to meet a lot of really interesting people. And so it's nice to also make those connections in different areas and different populations that I wouldn't normally be taken care of. Absolutely. And that's all about community pharmacy, right? That's, that's what we're all about, being outside where the patient is, meeting them where they're at and helping provide the best care that we can, even if that means at their doorstep, literally, yeah. <laughs> with the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned um, earlier when we were talking about the adverse effects and um, the different handouts and the information. You mentioned, you know, it's so important that the team that educates um, within the pharmacy is informed about how to respond to concerns about that patients may have or respond to information and misinformation. So you mentioned that you're engaged with a lot of learners throughout the, the COVID journey and even prior to it. So can you tell us a little bit more about your strategies to educating students and keeping them informed and motivated? I know COVID started as a two-week lockdown for most of us, and here we are a year and a half later. So how do you keep going? How do you keep them motivated? And how do you train them to build trust with those patients that maybe they don't see all day every day? That's a great question because there's a lot of different pathways there also. It's not just teaching them the information about the vaccine. It's also teaching them how to talk to a person in a door-to-door type scenario. And so they get a lot of information through their coursework, through classes like communications or medication therapy management. But also there are some students that just have more innate personal connections with people that are really good at this. And so you kind of sometimes see those students are being the ones that volunteer more for certain events, which is which is nice. It gets them into those environments that they really enjoy and they thrive in. And then we also can bring some of those students that maybe are a little more hesitant to come with the students that are more comfortable and learn along the way. One of the other things that we uh, do, as most colleges of pharmacy do, we do the immunization training course. We actually do it for our students within the first month of them starting pharmacy school. And we usually do that because flu season is on the horizon for them. And so when they go out into those IPPE scenarios, they could be ready to give vaccinations. The challenge that faces is, let's say we have a third year student that the only time they have given a vaccine was that training they had in September of their first year. They may be a little out of practice. So this year, since we were doing lots of events, we made sure to have multiple refresher sessions making sure students felt comfortable with the actual vaccination process before they went to an event or even having them show up early to an event and kind of shadowing for a little while before they were the ones giving the vaccines themselves. As far as like knowing the information and answering questions that the patients have, one thing that I did recently, I had one of my students on rotation actually come up with like a frequently asked question sheet to provide to all of the staff at our clinic, but it really helped her because when she was answering questions, she remembered that information that she had looked up. And um, the one that she came up with was related to one of the specific vaccines that we had at the clinic. And so it was, this is how many weeks you have to go in between the vaccines here's information about the blood clots, infertility, all of those things that patients might ask. 
and having the student actually create their own frequently asked question handout so that they can use it while at an event, but also it helps them learn it while they are looking up the information. It's a great idea. I love the FAQ too. And I know you mentioned for students, but I guess on the flip side, we also have our pharmacy technicians and our different colleagues. So would you, did you follow a similar approach where there were staff meetings about the information or was it more passive with the handouts? What, what was your experience with the team? Um, so with that scenario specifically, we, um, the reason she was making it was actually for our front desk staff. Oh, great. They were the ones seeing the patients as soon as they walk in the door saying, hey, would you like a vaccine? And then the patient would ask a question and they had no idea what to say. Mm -hmm. So this was originally intended for them, but it ended up getting spread to a lot of the um, staff at the clinic so that everyone had the information just in case they got a question. Even if they got a question while they were out in the community, maybe they were visiting a friend or at the grocery store and someone asked them a question. Now they have the answer. I love how you've engaged the entire team, everybody and anybody involved from the person that checks them in to the person that checks them out to the pharmacist, to the student. Um, that's how we can be effective. So thanks, thanks for sharing your strategies there. And then within your practice, I know you mentioned you work with the clinic and with the pharmacy and you have all these different practice sites, but there's a lot of interprofessional collaboration that goes on. So throughout this effort, I think it's been a, a, an all heads on deck situation where it's not just pharmacies, everybody that is really relying on our colleagues and each other um, to keep us going. So can you share some successful partnerships that you've seen that help with boosting vaccine confidence and then result in successful immunization experiences? Sure. Most of them started with our student organization and they a lot of these places were familiar with us because they've worked with us for um, flu shots or other healthcare type events. But uh, a lot, I'm sure all colleges of pharmacy had this, when COVID vaccines became available, all of these pharmacists had them, but they didn't have the employees to get them in all the arms as fast as we needed to. So I think a lot of organizations called local colleges of pharmacy that knew that they had these student pharmacists that could go out there and vaccinate and say, hey, we could use some help. And so I think we partnered with maybe around 40 different organizations. And a lot of them were community pharmacies that maybe, own, maybe they have one pharmacist. And so this community pharmacy wanted to go out and vaccinate the nursing homes and assisted living facilities in their area but you can't leave the pharmacy if you're the only pharmacist. So they partnered with us. And um, this happened many a times where we went out to nursing homes, assisted living facilities, employers, where the employer was bringing us in to provide vaccines to all of the employees. We've had a few different primary care clinics. We have one that primarily works with refugees. And so this one was a really cool population that we had to have a lot of translators available to help not only do you have those frequently asked questions, but now you have to figure out how to translate them into multiple different languages. And so having that experience for our students was really exciting too. Um, I think our biggest collaboration has been our collaboration with the Vanderbilt School of Nursing because they, they're the ones that kind of started that door-to-door -door, um, vaccination effort. And they've partnered with a lot of different organizations. They've partnered with schools. As soon as this goes down to age six, five, whatever age the vaccines are going to come down to pretty soon here, I can see us partnering with even more schools to provide vaccines to all of those children that are needing those that haven't gotten them yet. We've gone out into the public housing sector and gone to public housing places and vaccinated either in a common space or door to door at those different things. So yeah, the partnerships have been huge because everybody has something to offer. For me, I have students. 
I have students that can go out into the community and are educated on the vaccines and how to vaccinate, but I don't have the patient. So we have to partner with all those different organizations that have the patient and the vaccine and make it all happen as a big project. What a great approach. And I love that because sometimes you may have the resources of the students and you may have the expertise, but you don't have the practice side, as you mentioned. So going out and seeking those partnerships is so crucial and essential, you know, contact your local, maybe homeless shelters or contact your local refugee facilities or whatever the case may be in your area um, and really reach those populations that are harder to get to. And the door-to-door approach may be uh, what we need to do for some of those situations. And then, you know, I know that we've been going for a long time here with COVID, you know, this isn't new anymore. And so for us, it's, it's really about finding the inspiration and finding the motivation. So in your experience with, with everything you've seen and all the different initiatives you've been a part of, what have you found to be the most inspiring? Any good takeaways that carry us through and potentially things that might stick through even after COVID is done? I've given a lot of vaccines in my time. I've given probably thousands and thousands of vaccines as the time that I've been a pharmacist. And I have never seen people so excited to get a vaccine as I have with COVID. (laughs) I mean, people are in line, they're clapping for each other, they're taking selfies. It has been fun to be a part of something that the whole country, the whole world is involved in. We were in such a hard time for so long. And then this vaccine came out and it gave us this glimmer of hope, which was great. I wish we could get more people vaccinated so that the light at the end of the tunnel was even brighter at this point, but it'll come. It'll come. I have faith. But I do have one good story. I This back in January, very early on in the COVID vaccination effort, uh, I was helping with a vaccinated healthcare workers. So this was still when it was just for healthcare workers and the elderly and that type of population. And I was working at a corporate office of a large hospital group. And I had a nurse that was in my line and she came and sat down and she told me that her husband had passed away just a month ago from COVID. And when you did the math, you realized he probably passed away within weeks of the vaccine being approved. And it just broke my heart. And she said that he had made her promise that she would get vaccinated as soon as she could. And so she's sitting in my chair, she's getting her vaccine. And as she is getting her vaccine, she looks up to heaven and says, I promised you I would get it. I love you. And it took everything I could not to start crying in the chair. And it was just so surprising that she wasn't sad. She looked hopeful. And she had obviously been through a really hard time in that last month, but she was so happy that she was getting vaccinated. And it definitely made the rest of the day seem like nothing. It was, you know, those days that you work really long hours were like, okay, this is, this is why I'm doing this. Yes. It's that impact of what you take home and and the, and the hope that you're giving people and and you're helping deliver that, the glimmer of light at the end of this very, very long. Yeah. You touched me very much with that story. (laughs) This is a good segue into kind of our final question and how the pandemic really has taken a toll on our patients, but also ourselves. I think we've been stretched not only with the time that we've provided, but also emotionally, we've been stretched multiple directions and had to keep going and not really knowing when this whole thing would end. So what are some things you've done to maintain your well-being throughout this journey and stay healthy and well so that you can take care of your patients? Well, I I will definitely say I've struggled with this one. Um, There have been good moments throughout COVID and there have been some really hard ones. Just personally, trying to, you know, homeschool my child while still teaching and do all the things that I needed to do. So 
I've definitely struggled with this, but um, I've, I've tried to have a little bit of a balance. I've really wanted to get everyone vaccinated as fast as I can. And so sometimes I work a little more than I should, but I think in doing that, I love what I do. And I love knowing that I can make differences like for that nurse that got vaccinated. And so that helps knowing that you're loving what you're doing has really helped, especially when, you know, you're working on a seven day work week or something like that. But for me personally, I've started going to therapy very regularly, which has definitely helped with some of the stress and talking to some impartial person about all the things, some of them COVID related, some of them very not COVID related um, has been very helpful. And then I have also set some pretty good boundaries, I think, especially for my students. So I try really hard not to take work home if I don't have to. I mean, there are days that are inevitable where I have to grade papers or do something, but if I don't have to, I try not to take work home, but I, I definitely don't check my email after I get home. And my students know this. Um, I let them know first day of class, if you email me at midnight, I'm not going to answer it until 8am. And so this really allows me when I go home, I go home. That's my family time. That's my time to play with my child. Um, work with my husband. We were painting our porch last night and I didn't even think about my email. So, um, you know, those are the, those are the things I've tried to definitely set some boundaries in that world and uh, make sure that I do have a separate family time and work time. That's absolutely essential. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, taking time for yourself, looking at your mental health, really putting yourself first is, is so important because if we all, you know, fall apart, someone has to carry on. So, so glad that to hear those techniques and, and hopefully many of them are our listeners can take for themselves and their families as well. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has been so great. Uh, we had so many inspiring stories that, that you shared and a lot of good advice that hopefully can be carried on with building vaccine confidence, but also supporting one another, supporting our learners, supporting our patients and, um, and working together for the fight against COVID-19. Again, as we're wrapping up, I did want to mention more for our listeners looking to start um, their COVID journey in immunizing, or obviously for, for those of you that are already in it and are looking for more information on how to build vaccine confidence, both for yourself, for your patients and, and everybody involved, um, make sure you check out some of the resources that are available at ASHP. So we have a COVID-19 resource center found at ashp.org and a lot of information for pharmacy leaders, for clinicians, for patients. Um, we're also recently developed an ASHP COVID-19 vaccine confidence toolkit. We have a lot of COVID-19 recommendations on the web page. And then finally, Be Kind to Your Mind, Headspace is a meditation app that is available with your ASHP membership for free. Please take advantage of it and, and work towards meditation to help reduce stress, burnout, and really boost your happiness. So that is all the time that we have for today. Sarah, once again, thank you so much for joining us. This was so incredibly helpful and inspiring to hear. ASHP continues to highlight efforts from our members, our patients, and our colleagues. So please stay with us and continue listening to podcasts for up-to-date lessons learned and resources that may be helpful to you. I'm Gina Galanulujan, and thank you for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to ASHP's podcast as we'll be posting more about lessons learned, practice, and therapeutic management of COVID. 19. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.